Thank you, guys. <laughs> this is a little unexpected, right? You know, Jesus made us some really amazing promises, and, and I'm going to show you one in just a second. You'll kind of understand the connection there to that song. But there, there are things in Scripture that, that Jesus said, and they are not just reserved for the people that have it all figured out. It's not just for people that, that think that, okay, I'm perfect and I've, I've got it and I know what I'm doing, but it's, it's for those of us who are willing to have faith and to follow and to, to also have an open mind to, to say, what is God doing in my life? What is God trying to teach me and, uh, and, and having an open heart towards him? That's it. And I believe that today uh, what we're going to talk about can really help you move forward past the mountain in your life, the thing that feels like you're never going to be free from it. It's always going to be in the path. It, I, can, I can't, you know, check out any time I like, but I can never leave. I can never get away from this thing. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus said this. He said, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen. And have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. Now, that's an amazing promise. Those are the red letters in the Bible. That's from the mouth of Jesus. So what, what does that mean? And this is incredible. This is one of the most exciting things that Jesus ever said. You know, just tell the mountain, be lifted up. Be thrown into the sea, and if you really believe, that'll happen. So let's, let's start with a little bit of context, because this is, a, this is one of the most exciting things Jesus ever said. It's also one of the most misunderstood things that Jesus ever said. The first thing we've got to understand is when Jesus said these words, it was on a specific day. It wasn't just like, oh, randomly somebody, you know, maybe, maybe he, we sort of patched it together. He said this on a specific day. It was the Tuesday before the crucifixion. So it was several days before he was getting ready to die on the cross. And he said it in a specific place. He was actually standing, he was leaving a place called Bethany. And, and on the outskirts of Bethany, there's this hill, this mountain. And, and when he's standing there on the backside of this mountain, right outside of Jerusalem, he's walking up on the crest of the hill. And I want you to look at this verse again. He said this, he said, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea. You know, he didn't say, you can say to any mountain, or you can say to a mountain. He said, this mountain. And I imagine when I, I put myself in that place, I'm listening to what Jesus is saying, you know that he had to have pointed. It wasn't like he just said, oh, you know, you can just say to this mountain. He, you know he had to have pointed and said, you can say to this mountain mountains and here's what we do so we don't this is where we get off track is we want to apply this verse to every situation any situation any problem in our life but Jesus said this mountain which one was he talking about that's what really gripped me this week I I, I geeked out for hours this week just studying and digging and I think from from that spot right there he was pointing at a very specific place, and I'll tell you why I think that, because there's one where he was, there's one mountain that stands out above all the rest. It's a very, very unique place, and it's the only mountain in the world that was not made by God. It's made by, by humans. 
It's called Mount Herodium. This is a picture of what it looks like. That's Mount Herodium. It was built by the man who tried to kill Jesus when he was a baby. Remember King Herod that wanted all the boys two and under killed? Same guy. So he really had this complex where he loved these great building projects. And there are so many of them that still exist today in ruins. And this is one of them. When Herod came into power, uh, one of the things that he wanted to do to just show the, his might and wh who he was and what he was able to do, he says, we're going to build this huge monument to my greatness and my power. But he had a few prerequisites. Number one, it had to be so big that you could see it from any point in his kingdom. The second thing was it had to be fortified. He was just sure that somebody was going to try to kill him. So he, it had to be, you know, not just a monument, but he wanted a palace to be there. And he wanted it to be kind of like, I think of King Herod as like the original Darth Vader. And this is his Death Star. He wanted something so big, so looming, so huge. You don't want to mess with me, in other words. This is kind of like it's a big, you know, it's kind of a big chip on the shoulder or whatever. Like, what, you think you can mess with us. Another thing that Herod wanted, he wanted to build something that would be so massive that it would last for all time, that people would still know who he is, who he was. And I guess when you look at this thing, he accomplished that because it's still there. And the funny thing is, so this, this mountain, Mount Herodium, it, I said it was man-made because there was no mountain big enough to suit him. But there was a place where there were two smaller mountains, and he had an army of slave labor to dig one mountain up and put it on top of the other one. And then on top of that, they built a palace and a fortress. And it, you could see it from anywhere in his kingdom. Here's a picture of what it looks like from Bethlehem. Somebody stood in Bethlehem, took a picture. And there, I mean, it just, it looms over everything. It, there's nothing else like it in the skyline. This is the picture of what it looked like back in its day. Kind of an artist's rendering. So you kind of get the impression. It's still there. It's, it's, it's in ruins, but Jesus had seen this mountain since he was born. The guy that tried to have him killed, his family, you know, later on, his you know, heir to the throne killed John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. It wasn't like these were great guys. And, and this thing that was always in the background, always seen by Jesus, it had to have been a really painful reminder that would never go away can you think of anything like that in your life maybe it's a physical thing just a constant reminder of something you feel like i'm never going to be free from this pain or maybe it's a mental health thing I've, i i deal with depression on a regular basis or i deal with anxiety or i deal with something else and i just can't seem to be free from this there's something that just keeps rearing its ugly head at you or family or relationship problems or financial problems this is what that mountain was to jesus it's it's important because when jesus said you can tell this mountain to move he's not saying that you can rearrange creation to your liking that's not what he said that's not what he meant he didn't say oh just go out there and start telling mountains to get up and go you know that that like i said it's still there it's still there. Jesus didn't do that. He's speaking in a metaphor. He's, what he's saying is the feared obstacles, the, the ones that have loomed tall and imposing over your entire life, maybe generations before you, maybe it's part of your family history. Those are the things that can move. But the problem is we, we want to apply this 
to every difficult thing in our life. So we've got money problems, poof, I'll have faith, and tomorrow morning I should expect a check in the mail. Or I've, I'm depressed, and so I should pray and really, 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 really have faith, and poof, tomorrow uh, it should be gone. I should be happy-go-lucky, and everything's great. Or, or whatever it is, you know, I want this mountain to move. And, and, and what happens is we'll, we'll pray that prayer, we'll, we'll trust, we'll have faith. I, God, I know you can do anything, and then nothing really changes. And we see problems all around us. People are sick, and they're dying, and we pray. Lord, I know that you can move this mountain. I know that you could cure them. I know that you could change this situation and nothing happens. It's, you ever have those moments where you say, why, why, why is it like this? I've seen people's faith break apart on these rocks. Because a scripture like this, I, I love it. I love what Jesus is saying, but it's so easy for us to misinterpret. And, and we walk away thinking... Maybe I did something wrong. I, I prayed for healing, and I, I said the same thing that he said, and the person didn't get healed. Or I asked for a miracle, and then I got nothing. I set out to change the pattern of my life that's been broken from the beginning, but the mountain is still blocking my path. This is one of those make-or-break moments in the Bible. And I tell you, I, I tackled this verse this week. Man, I wrestled with it all week long because it's verses like this that can either lead to a breakthrough where we, we understand what he's saying and it, it causes us to lean in and grow. We trust God in a whole new way and it's refreshing and we're seeing, okay, I understand what, he, what he's forming, what he's doing in me. Or we can look at it and we can walk away uh, guilty and feeling ashamed and, and angry and, and it didn't work for me. And we, we'll deconstruct our faith to the point where we say, well, I guess God isn't who he says he is. Either I didn't have enough faith, or he's not who he said it is, he is, or doesn't do what he says he'll do, and then we walk away. But isn't that what that verse means? If I want something to change, and I just got to believe it, if I really, 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 really believe it, then poof, it'll disappear. If it's cancer, it should just, it should just go away. Or if I've got money problems, if whatever it is, if I have faith tomorrow morning, isn't that what Jesus said? One thing I learned still learning, still growing, and it's, it's not about the things around me disappearing. It's about me overcoming. It's about what he's doing in me. You know, think about this for a moment. Let's say that maybe your mountain is, is a neighbor, somebody that you don't get along with, and some nasty things happen, it's been unfair, and every day you feel like when you come home, you got to pass by their house, and it just feels like that. Why won't this go away? Why won't, why won't these people go away? And so maybe for you, you pray, Lord, just make them move. Like, get them out of my life. If they would just move, then I'll never have to think about it again. And that would be great, wouldn't it? That'd be easy. Or you've got cancer or somebody that you love has some illness. And so you pray and you pray and you pray. And Lord, heal them, heal them, heal them, heal them. And, and yeah, wouldn't it just be great? Wouldn't it just be great if everything would just work out perfectly and they'd be healed? And wouldn't that be the way we would want things to go? And certainly we would pray that way. But which is the more impossible task? Which is the more seemingly insurmountable thing? Your neighbor moving or you learning how to love them? Learning how to grow in patience. Which would be the, the more insurmountable task for just the cancer to just go away or for us to learn how to face it with courage and dignity and trust that God has a plan even in this and 
he gives and he takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. See, the problem, if we, if we misinterpret this scripture, it leads to delusion. And the biggest delusion is us thinking that we're God and that we're in control because then it's on you. If you have enough certainty that the mountain will move and it will, then that, that requires zero dependence on God. I can do it. You know, I just have to do the right things. And, or you say, well, or maybe you say, well, I know it's not about me, but I believe that God said he'll do this. And if I had faith and it didn't, it didn't happen, then that just leads to guilt and shame and anger. And I don't have what it takes. Or God's not there for me. And you just walk away. I've seen that happen over and over and over again. People that I've cared about that they, they just uh, they felt like, well, maybe I just can't trust God because he said this, but he didn't come through for me heard people say things like, you know, you're only in that wheelchair because your faith isn't strong enough to stand. If, if that's you or you've heard something like that, I'm sorry because that, that, that should never have been said to you. It's not true. It's not true. That, that kind of certainty is not what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about something a lot better. What faith is meant to be is so much better. Sometimes mountains do move. And it's called a miracle. And miracles do happen. They absolutely happen. But it's called a miracle for a reason. They don't happen all the time. Sometimes they do. And this is one thing I've learned about following Jesus and, and faith is that sometimes miracles happen. Sometimes God moves the mountain and there's no other explanation other than God stepped in and he did something amazing and incredible. And that's a, that's a blessing. And it's no small thing. But sometimes the, the mountain in front of me is, is how am I going to get through this? How am I going to survive this? It seems impossible. It seems terrifying. But when I, when I place my faith and I place all of my trust in a God who loves me and who's there for me, who promises to never abandon me, he says, I'm going to go with you wherever you go. I'm never going to leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's going to give me everything that I need to climb the mountain. And we see Jesus had this moment in Scripture. This is, this is right before, the, or the night before the crucifixion. If you remember that story, and he goes out to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying, and he, and he says, Lord, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. If there's anything else that could be done, let it be. But then he said, but not my will, yours be done. It's about putting the glory of God above our own glory. It's about saying, Lord, I, I trust you, and I trust your plan. I don't understand it. I'd prefer not to walk through it. But at the end of the day, it's about your will and your glory, and I want your story to be written in my life, not the story that I want written in my life. I mean, that's a whole different level there. When you move from just this surfacey, like, yeah, I'm kind of interested, oh, I like Jesus, and I think he likes me too, moving to spiritual maturity, where we say, God, have your way in me, not my agenda, not what I want, but I want what you want, and help me to walk there faithfully, help me to keep my eyes fixed on you so I can live for your glory. I believe that's what Jesus meant when he said the mountains can move, because sometimes he moves the mountain, sometimes he helps me climb. He's going to be with me regardless. He's with me no matter what. And this can be a real bitter pill sometimes because I want every mountain to move. I want a miracle every time. 
You know, I want it to happen with regularity, but when we trust the Lord, we know that he's working something out in me according to his nature and according to his purpose and according to his plan, not me. It's not always going to be easy, but I know that I'm never going to be alone. You know, the person that's dealing with some tough stuff, maybe it's, maybe it is, uh, you know, it's, it's something that's, with my mind, and I just I just struggle so much, and we may pray for God to take it away, and we wonder, why am I still here? It's a physical thing, or it's just whatever it is, it's a job thing. Why can I never get ahead, and Lord, just make it easy for me? Because there's a little part of us that believes that God wants to save us steps. Like, just move the mountain so that I don't have to walk up it. Just make it easy for me. Faith can feel risky. You know, God promises to walk beside us and help us climb and help us grow. Having faith in God doesn't mean that I'm certain that everything's going to work out exactly the way I want it to. We're not promised that. We're not promised that everything's going to be great. Faith is risking a relationship where I'm trusting in somebody that I can't see with my eyes. But I, I believe, just like we sang, I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe and I trust in the resurrection and the one day that there's life eternal to look forward to. When I believe that and I trust that and I've got faith in that, I can't see it. I can't prove it mathematically and show it to you, but I trust it and I trust Him. It's, it's a little bit risky, but faith is having enough of a risk tolerance to go up the mountain. To say, I'll, I'll climb. I'm going to go wherever you want me to go. It's not about intellect. It's about relationship. Mountains move when you have enough faith to climb them. Because you know what happens? As you climb the mountain, it moves in your rearview mirror. It gets behind you as you move forward and God goes with you. And he says, I'm not going to move this mountain the way you want. But we're going to move it together because I'm going to go with you. Just trust me. Keep stay in step with me. Faith is not just what I know. It's about saying to God, I trust you enough to follow you wherever you call me. No matter what it looks like. No matter what the path ahead is going to be. I want your story written in my life and I want to live for your glory. Maybe it's time for us to get climbing. Know that we're not alone and God is going to be with us and that we have a church family that will be here too. That's the, that's the thing that gripped me. I was even thinking about this this morning. I woke up, I'm still thinking about this passage. It's a struggle, you know, to think, okay, what does he mean by this? And how do we apply this? And what do we do with the hard stuff? You know, the things that are just unfair, unjust. Come on, God, do something. And even this morning, I was up, you know, 5.30, 6 o'clock this morning, and I'm praying about this. I'm like, okay, Lord, just give me the right words today. And I just felt like, He's, he spoke to me and said, you know, think about what would be easier. You always want the easy way, don't you? <laughs> I said, yes, I do, Lord. Yes, I do. I like the easy way. I like to save steps. Give me the shortcut. I don't want to go the long way. I want to go the short way, you know, point A to point B. Get, let's get us there without much pain. And I just, I just, even this morning, I felt like the Lord was just kind of gently reminding me. He says, man, Brandon... You remember what I spoke to Job, and Job went through everything he went through, lost his family and his health and his wealth, and everything was stripped away from him, and, and Job is, is kind of complaining to God and saying, why does all this happen? Why would you do this? 
when God kind of let him have his moment, he's sort of throwing this big pity party for himself, and then God spoke and said, okay, now you've said this. Now I'm going to speak. He said, I'm going to ask you a question. You're going to answer. And he says, where were you when I set the stars in the sky? Where were you when I sculpted the mountains, when I did these things, when I breathed life into man, when I did all of these things, everything that is, that is exists because I've created it. Where were you in those moments? So, you know, maybe just, maybe just step back a second, take a breath, and remember who's in control here. That I'm, I'm working a plan. I, I have a purpose for your life. And I know that you want to go the, the shortcut, and I know that it would be easier if everything would just, you know, instantly be better. But that doesn't lead to growth. There's no great stories written about the person that just, you know, wow, I just had life so easy and everything was great and wonderful and cozy and comfortable. And I had plenty of money and plenty of everything and plenty of health. And I lived to 200 years old and then died, you know, in my sleep. It was just so great and wonderful. Like, no, there's no great stories written there. Now, this is what I love about the church, just as a side plug. But we're here to encourage each other. John said that, you know, one of the reasons we get together is to, to speak truth to each other, to encourage each other. And if you've been coming for a little bit and you say, man, I've really got to get connected. Like, I need some people to walk with. I was having a conversation with somebody this past week that said, you know, I just kind of feel a little lonely. And I'm surrounded by people, but I always feel lonely. I said, that's, you got to connect. you got to connect. you got to give people permission to walk alongside you. You know, one of the ways that we do that here, we invite you, if you're, if you're new or you've been coming for a little while, to come to a starting point. That's, that's where we begin. And this is a place where you say, okay, I want to link arms with this church. I, I want to know more. I want to know more about walking with Jesus. I want to know more about baptism. I want to know more about what does it look like to repent or, or to, to give my life to Christ or to, to serve with my gifts. Or what does he want to do with me and how do I... How do I become a part of this place? It's going to be next week, and we'd love to have you join us for that. So just a shameless plug there. One of the problems that we have in our face all the time, I just think about this. Every time I drive downtown, I, I look and, and see all the homeless, you know, all the problems there, and people that are living in tents and living under the underpasses. You know, we all want to look for an easy answer there. I mean, that's one of those things like, okay, move the mountain, God. Like, change it, fix it. What do we do about that? And I think, well, maybe it's time to climb. You know, he's not going to change it for us, but he's empowered us. That's one of those things, again, in my kind of my prayer time this morning, I'm, I'm like, Lord, again, help me, re remind me what you're saying in this verse. And like, you know, when I see somebody struggling, I'm like, Lord, do something for them. Just, just fix it. But he's saying, well, do something, Brandon. <laughs> do something. I've created you. I've given you gifts. Climb the mountain. You want to you see something happen? Then let me use you. Then be, be available to be used by me. Maybe it's time to climb one small step that we can take right now. You think about people uh, living, living with no place to go is just to provide simple needs. Like it's getting cold. People need coats. They need gloves. They need blankets. So as you leave today, we've got a little grid by the door. It's got little slips of paper on it. Just things like packs of socks, gloves, a jacket. If you want to collect items, just take one of those slips of paper and and 
buy the thing that's on there and bring it back. We're going to deliver those here in the next few weeks. But this is a tough concept for us to grasp because, you know, that's the thing that just keeps coming back to me is we think that God is all about saving us steps. I give my life to Jesus and he's going to work everything out. You know, I, I accept Christ and now I'm on easy street. I just, you know, but, but he's not. He's trying to strengthen you. He's trying to work something out. He's trying to bring you into spiritual maturity. And if you read the Bible, you read story after story, account after account of people whose life was spent following God up and down the mountain. I thought it was funny that I was reading this past week. There's one interaction with Moses where Moses goes up the mountain because God says, come up the mountain, I want to talk to you. And so he tells him something, and then he goes back down. He says, wait a minute, come back up. So he comes back up the mountain and he tells you something else. Okay, he goes back down. Oh, wait, wait, one more time. He goes back up. Tells you, oh, okay, a fourth time. Let me, let me tell you something else. And I'm like, man, he had him walk up and down that mountain four times when he could have told him everything the first time. Why? Because God's not really into saving us steps. So I, I, I want you to be committed. I want you to be growing. This is about courage. This is about grit and determination. It's not about just everything's going to be easy and poof, just, oh, just have faith and I'll make it easy. But there are all these, all these stories through God's word where he is strengthening them to help them persevere. I think about the apostle Paul who had some pain in his life. I mean, some of us that you may have some chronic thing going on and the doctor's giving you a diagnosis and now you feel like, oh, am I going to be on medicine the rest of my life? Why can't this just go away? Look at Paul. He said, I had this thing, this thorn in my flesh, this Whatever it was, this chronic problem that wouldn't go away. And he said, I've asked God three times to take it away. The Apostle Paul that wrote over half the New Testament. Do you get any more faithful than the Apostle Paul? Shipwrecked and beaten and imprisoned and whipped and, and all the, I mean, to the point of almost being killed because, of, because he was preaching Christ. If God was going to move a mountain for anybody, wouldn't it be the Apostle Paul? He says, I pleaded three times, God, move the mountain. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, each time God said no. But I'm with you. See, that's the part we can't miss. No, but you got me. And that's all you need. My power shows up best in weak people. Now, he says, Paul says, now I'm glad to boast about how weak I am. I'm glad to be, don't, don't, don't miss this, a living demonstration of Christ's power. In other words, God is being glorified through my life, through my story, he's, that he's writing through me. This is not, I'm not showing off my own power, my own abilities. God's glorified. It's not the easiest perspective to have when life is hard. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road. Because when life is painful and it's difficult, sometimes God does move the mountain. Miracles do happen. But sometimes he helps us to climb. And that's what that scripture means. In the middle of your difficulty and your doubt, he's asking us, do you have enough faith in me to climb the mountain? Do you have enough grit? Will you go where I'm calling you to go? And faith is needed here because you can't climb it on your own. You know, we're not strong enough to do it all, all by ourselves. It's an insurmountable object without him. And you only get there by God's power. But if you have enough faith, Take that first step, God will meet you on the mountain. As I was researching uh, Mount Herodium this week, it's just so fascinating. It's, it's this weird thing, it's still there. And 
You know, it's like Jesus said, well, you can tell this mountain to move, and yet it still exists. It's still there, but it lies in ruins. Well, Jesus is alive. He's the king of kings. But I was thinking right before he said that, I think it's kind of, I think it's important for us to know this. Right before he said those words, he had just been with the disciples through this orchard. And they were walking through this orchard where there were all these fig trees. And it says that they saw a fig tree that was covered in leaves, and they went up, but it had no figs. And that's important to know because with the, with the fig tree, they could, it, it was possible to have figs with no leaves, but you would never have one that had leaves and no figs. So if you saw leaves, you know, oh, it's got fruit on it. But they came up to this one tree that had leaves on it and no figs. And it says that Jesus cursed the tree, which... I'm geeking out on you, but it's the only, that's the only destructive miracle that Jesus ever performed. He cursed this tree, right? Kills it. And anyway, they, they, they leave and they come back and, uh, and the disciples say, hey, look, there's that tree. Look, it's dead from the roots to the top. Like the whole thing died. And that's when Jesus said, have faith in God. And you can tell this mountain to move. Now, the whole point of the fig tree was he was warning Israel and he's warning us about having the appearance of having fruit but not having any fruit. You know, when you pretend, when you're faking it, you're going to act like you got something that you don't really have. And I believe that's why he said, listen, I cursed the tree. May you never bear any more frigs, figs ever again because this thing had the appearance, but there was nothing there. Just like we can have the appearance of being godly or the appearance of being faithful, but have nothing there. And then he says, this is why you need to have faith in God. You have faith in God and you can... You can overcome insurmountable things if you trust. It's about changing our perspective where we're not consumed with the problem in our life, but we fix our eyes on the one who's perfecting us, one that has a plan for us no matter what. Psalm 121, the message version, it says, I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from mountains? No. My strength comes from God who made heaven and earth and mountains. Now, I don't know what's looming over your life today. I, I don't know what, what that thing may be that just feels like I, I, could ch I guess I could check out, but I can never leave. You know? I don't know what that is, but I know that God does. That he sees it. He sees you. Will you put your faith in him? Will you trust that he is good, even though this is hard, that he is still good? That he will walk beside you through it, even though it may not go away, it may not change overnight, but that he will do something in you so that you can persevere and walk through it and climb over it. That he'll be with you. Will you have the faith, will you have the determination to start climbing? Because regardless of what it is, I know that God has a plan. And he's not done with you yet. Let me pray for you. Lord, I'm thankful even, even in the painful things, in the face of loss, when we, when we feel discouraged, that you, you still are there. Even moments we feel lonely, help us to look to you. Help us to continue to have faith in God. Help us to continue to place all of our trust and all of our weight in what you are doing for us and in us and through us. Lord, as we look at the, the mountains in our lives, may they begin to shrink in size when we look at you. Help us to, to not be so focused 
on what hasn't gone right and to focus all of our attention on what you're doing right now. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next Sunday.